0: All right, so now, you know, Brown Kids, Matt Witty, we blowing up. So, you know, people are emailing us, you know, as they do when you know you're hot. Because that's that's what it's all about these days. Ain't nobody using Instagram. We just on email, homie.
1: Strictly dial up. Let's go.
0: (laughs) So, Patrick, my man, who is managing everything because he's amazing. um, Thanks, man. Got an email. Got an email from Lavana. And she has some questions for us. She does. I think we need to answer them. What do you think?
1: I think we should, because she wrote them like a month ago, and I feel bad that we haven't gotten back to her. Um, But we're back in effect now, Lavana and company, and uh, don't worry about it. We're going to get to your cues. Um, So the first one she wants to know is about us, specifically. Uh, The brown kids were mad witty. Does the mad, M-A-A-D, stand for anything, Jay?
0: No. (laughs) We ain't fancy. We ain't fancy. We just trying to be cool. we writing Kendrick's coattails. That's what we doing.
1: If anything should be clear from this podcast, we are writing Kendrick's coattails in 2018. Uh, yeah, Mad doesn't stand for anything. I mean, it does in the context of uh, Kendrick's album that we based this title off of. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Kendrick uh, has an album called Good Kids or Good Kid Mad City. And his Mad does have an acronym, or it is an acronym for something. I believe it's My Angels on Angel Dust. Is that correct, Jay?
0: I thought it was Made Me an Angel on Angel Dust, right?
1: That's how the song goes, That's, but the that, acronym that, 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 is I, it, oh, It's complicated fine. because it's one of those things it's where he added the meaning afterwards. It wasn't actually intended to be that. Um, but for us, it's just a play on the title of the album, so it doesn't mean anything. It can mean whatever you want it to be. It's ambiguous.
0: Throw it in the audience's hands. I love
1: it. So the next question is... Um, In reference to the last pod that we did, if anybody can remember way back to December, because Lord knows I barely can. It's been a long January. uh, We talked about artists who are maybe changing up their sound a little bit and how that affects their relationship to their fan base. And Lavana wants to know, how important is it for people to mix it up while staying true to that fan base? Shouldn't they be able to make whatever they want to make and people support them for it?
0: It's a great question, So, yeah. Um, I think people should definitely be able to make what they want. Um, And, like, of course, I think that most artists are trying to make what they want. And yet, once they establish a fan base, they also want to show appreciation and love to that group of people that are supporting them. Um, And, you know, it it makes sense. Like, you know, I think that one of the specific examples that Patrick gave was around 2 is Pretty Girls Love Trap and how he's kind of transitioning and creating something for his fans while starting to transition into exactly what he wants to be doing. And in reality, like it, it makes sense fiscally uh, to play it a little bit safe as you're transitioning from one style to another, and maybe that's the style that you really wanted to be doing from the beginning, but the people weren't ready for it. Um, and sometimes you, if you're going to be uh, intelligent and good artists part of that what that means is being able to leave a lasting impact on the world and there's too many good artists who get unnoticed uh because maybe they're creating something that the world's not ready for yet um and so taking into account like the cultural moment that you're in uh capitalizing on it making a name for yourself and then throwing the stuff in people's faces that they initially weren't ready for i'm all for it
1: that's a brilliant answer i'm not even going to add anything to that that was perfect Uh, Lavana's next question is something else that we talked about in that same pod uh, which is what is steamrolling and uh, if memory serves we were talking about Kendrick again which we will into perpetuity we said that Kendrick steamrolls people when he uh, guests on their songs and uh, I'm just gonna give a quick answer that is when you get on a track and you have no regard for what came before or what will come after on that song. You might, even, you might be down with the theme of what the song is about, but your only goal is to do your thing. And Kendrick's thing specifically is to just go hard in the paint with, with verses on verses on verses. And uh, sometimes what he says doesn't lend itself sonically to the atmosphere of the song and that can steamroll the artist that uh, was on the track before and will precede him or succeed him. And that can be an issue sometimes. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sound good, John? Perfectly
0: put. Perfectly put. I love Excellent. it. Excellent. All right, Patrick. Last question from Levana. What's wrong with longer albums, man?
1: I mean, in, uh, objectively, nothing. There's nothing wrong with a long album. Um, some great albums have been double discs. You know, All Eyes on Me is like an amazing double-disc album. But the issue comes when the motivation for having a long album, especially in the streaming age, is monetarily motivated. So there will be a lot of filler because you get the play counts. Play counts mean more money, man. It's the same reason why you'll see uh, if an artist puts out an album and there's a single on it that was from a year and a half ago, you're like, wait, why is this song on the album? That's because... Retroactively, if you put that song on the album, all the plays they get from that count towards the album sales and the money that they get for it. So it's just, it has nothing to do with art. That's my issue with it. As long as it serves your artistic purpose behind the album, make it as long as you want. I don't care.
0: And I think that just the one thing to add is too that, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with longer albums. We love longer albums, but we also love it when an artist can put together what they're trying to say and convey. in a cohesive and coherent manner, which uh, artists that we've discussed in the past struggle with.
1: Yeah, I won't even say that um, less is more because that's not true. But my only point mm-hmm. is more doesn't always equal more.
0: Yep. Boom. Perfect. Done. Boom.
1: We have another question from a listener named Jordan. Jordan, holla at me, girl. Appreciate the email. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she wants to know what's the difference between a mixtape and an album and how do artists make money from mixtapes?
0: These are great questions and I actually so I definitely I actually do not know the answer to the second part of that question. Um so but I'll take a stab at the first part. Go for it. Um so I think that the difference between a mixtape and an album is like philosophical. Um so to me, uh, a mixtape is a demonstration of skill. And especially within hip hop, skill uh, lends you credibility uh, within the culture. So if you are able to rhyme quickly, if you are able to rhyme with multiple syllables, if you are able to rhyme multiple sounds within the same line, if you are able to demonstrate that you can rhyme for six minutes in a row, um you're demonstrating your ability to partake in the craft. So to me, a mixtape is a showcasing of your ability to do that. And a lot of times when it comes to mixtapes philosophically, you're not creating any sort of what we talked about earlier in regards to albums. There's no depth, there's no like real thematic elements that you're trying to bring into play. You're not trying to create like a cohesive narrative per se. It is like what I talked about earlier. It's just a collection of, of instrumentals and lyrics, like just like put together, but mixtapes serve an important function within hip hop because they essentially create hype. Uh, This is why Lil Wayne was the king of mixtapes for forever. Uh, Dude could, would not stop putting out, putting out music. Um, And he got, he garnered a lot of respect for that. Like he was just considered like a hard worker who wouldn't stop. And like, that was a huge deal for him in Dude, that moment. If you haven't listened um, to
1: the Drought Three, go listen to it right now.
0: Boom. Yeah, I'm gonna pretend like I've heard it. Um.
1: <laughs> well, let me just let me just interject here and say, um, yeah, everything you said was totally correct. I completely agree with all of that. Um, I would only add and say that um, an artist can look at it a couple of different ways because there's the objective answer is the difference between a mixtape and an album is that. Mixtapes traditionally were free, albums were not. That has changed. People put mixtapes on Spotify, on iTunes, SoundCloud, all that stuff. So you can make money off of it. Now, what artists will say is that a mixtape, they label it a mixtape when they want people to receive it in a much more free way. They're they, they they're wanting to um, suppress... A harsher level of critique that comes with putting out an album because the word album means that I'm making this statement this definitive statement please judge me accordingly and the mixtape can be a place where artists experiment with their sound they'll also use it as a platform to to appease an underground fan base before they make a more commercial play with their album so if you are like a rapper's rapper and you know that you actually want to sell units when your album comes out you know you're gonna to have to have some soft Bruno Mars feature on your first single. Now, you also know your audience that you came up with is not gonna wanna hear that Bruno Mars assisted single. So what you'll do is you'll drop a mixtape before. Be like, hey, y'all, here's that Rappity Rap stuff you love so much. Now, cut me some slack when I drop this Bruno Mars single, okay? And that kinda works sometimes, sometimes not, but that's a tactic that artists will use. So that <laughs> that's sort of your answer. And to answer the second part of uh, how artists make money, like I said, you, they they're on streaming platforms now. It's also a way that artists will get in the door at venues to be able to perform because you have to have a following in order for a promoter to put you on. Putting out mixtapes, get your name out there. You have metrics that say you are somebody. Then you can start touring, build a bigger fan base, make money, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Edu Us. <laughs> Woo.
1: So thank everybody or thanks to everybody who um, wrote in. Anybody else who wants to, we're here to answer your questions at madwitty at gmail.com. M W A D W I T T Y at Gmail.com. Okay. Jay, I had some uh, some requests from people to talk about something, and uh, I don't know how much energy either of us have to talk about it, but I'm just going to bring it up and see what you think, okay?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, let's do it. Man of the Woods, right?
1: There's a man by the name of Justin Timberlake who uh, okay. came out with an album this week, Yeah. just a couple days ago, in fact, depending yeah. on when this comes out. It, I mean, who knows? I might take a while to edit this. Uh, <laughs> he dropped a new album called Man of the Woods. And uh, I I just want to start a segment called Excellent or Excrement. Okay? We don't have to get too deep into it.
0: No, we don't. But so just so our audience knows, is this a binary decision? Is there a middle ground or we got to choose excellent or excrement?
1: You are going to give a few thoughts and then say binarily which one you would have to say of the two. Perfect. Okay.
0: Right. So I just want our audience to know that we got to choose one.
1: Yes. Now, we also are, are a podcast that pride ourselves on nuance and context. So I, I, I don't mean to uh, portray ourselves in a way that's inaccurate. We do not believe in binary systems for the most part.
0: But we know. We know that people are always ready for nuance. So here's excellent <laughs> or excrement. Boom. There it is.
1: Exactly. Okay, Jay, what do you think? Excellent or excrement, man in the woods?
0: All right. So... You know, there was a lot of build-up before this album came out. So, again, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about context. Context is important.
1: We can't help ourselves.
0: JT's, JT's been my man, you know. I, I think, so one of the things that I love about Cole Kuchna for, you know, those of y'all who don't know who that is, that's this dude who puts out this excellent podcast um, titled Dissect. Um, he talks a lot about empathy for artists and, like, you know, being careful, you know, before getting extremely critical. Um but uh, but J T setting himself up for some for some serious criticism because um, he uh, profited off of and became a cultural entity and phenomenon by capitalizing on the sound of hip hop um, and he initially embraced that sound which was cool so it was like you know he was about the uh, the sound that hip hop brought to his music Timbaland was his producer he had uh three six mafia on his album like you know this dude was representing and that was cool that was like actually really dope but people the clips yeah he had clips he had clips clips. oh my god um so like you know this dude was was doing it and then like you know 2020 um came out and that was like amazing because this dude put out a pop album with like seven minute tracks uh and it was like incredible and the soundscape was amazing. And then he put out 2020 part two and I was like, what's happening here? But okay, whatever. Maybe he had some trash tracks and he wanted to make some money off of it. Um, and so when I initially heard JT was about to drop an album, my heart went out. I was excited. I was, it was expansive. It was ex- this moment. And then he put this trailer out. Yo. So he put this trailer out, Man of the Woods. And I was like, what in the is happening right now? And then I, it, you know, drank gallons of articles worth of commentary on Justin Timberlake and his man of the woods, uh, idea. And, and this is basically him, uh, embracing his whiteness, which does not exist for this man. I mean, like he is a white man, but like he, he had like capitalized on black culture for so long, like that you wouldn't think that he was going to be the sort of person who suddenly rejected black culture and, decided to capitalize off his whiteness. But I guess that's just a lesson to all of us that white men are constantly able and then prone to do this um, in this way that profits them. So, okay, all right, whatever. He has done this. Um, And, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to be as open-minded as possible um, going into this. But, yo, seriously? Like, as soon as this dude says, like, Man of the Woods on the album, I'm just like, are you serious right now? Are you serious? Um, and I'm gonna say, like, you know, there's tracks that like that are interesting and intriguing to me, uh, but there's also tracks that I'm like, need to turn this off. Um, so for my binary decision, if it's not clear yet, this is excrement.
1: Yo, I love that even though we have a binary system, we just can't even help but give some context here. Can't,
0: can can't help it. Can't That's help. That's what it.
1: makes brown kids so dope. We
0: so dope. What's your thoughts, Patrick?
1: Man, listen. So it it doesn't help that there's been a rash of white artists in the last 365 to uh, sort of come down from their uh, black appropriation phase. Or high, rather. And uh, you got people like Miley. You got people like Gaga, who I even hate to call out for anything because I love Gaga. She's so cool. But she did it too. Katy Perry's coming down from her appropriation phase. So that all get, <laughs> just led up to this whole Justin Timberlake rollout when I saw this video that you talked about, the trailer for the album. And I was like, is this dude really doing this? Because I thought the 2020 experience was him like, I'm white, guys. This is like the kind of white that I am. Don't you love it? And we're like, yeah, we knew you were white. <laughs> this is great. So I didn't know that there was another level, <laughs> another another layer to peel back. It sort of, re- this album reaffirmed a thought that I've had about Justin Timberlake for a very long time. Because I haven't just listened to his music, I've listened to him speak and talk about things that are supposed to be important. And he's not a man that rings very authentic or mindful or deep, we'll say. And that's been okay because his music is, for the most part, fly. You know, we, we enjoy it. It's danceable, It's uh, it's got that white soulfulness to it that, you know, we tolerate. And uh, But this album is just so tone-deaf. It's just... I don't. If I were a white person, I don't even think I would believe what he's saying. And there are songs that I don't hate, but I can't even say their names because the song titles make me cringe, okay? Like, Breeze Off the Pond, I think, is a decent song, but I can't say that to someone. I'm are like, oh, you serious, JT? <laughs> I can't do it, man. I really can't do it. Um, and like, if you listen like to the guy, intro man. to Sauce... It's it's just it's a perfect example of what is wrong with Justin Timberlake. He's not the person talking about sauce. Someone else is talking about what sauce is, and then he makes a song saying he's got the sauce. <laughs> but you don't. If you had the sauce, you wouldn't need someone else introducing what sauce means, and then making a song about sauce. The song is not even saucy. It's not even it's not even a saucy song. I'm, oh man, I'm so upset about this. I really am. I and I thought. When it got to say something, I was like, okay, because I watched the video before and I tried to, like, disabuse myself of the video because the video is disgusting. Um, not actually, like, visually disgusting, but I was disgusted watching it because it's all set up to, like, end in this whole standing ovation thing that's supposed to seem spontaneous and it just seems so self-serving and and gross. But the song itself on the album, I wanted to, like, disabuse myself of all that and just focus on what's being said, and it's it's the cop-out anthem of the year. (laughs) which I didn't think he had the the balls to actually make. But uh, for those who don't know, Timberlake's come under fire um, recently for either not speaking out about certain issues or skirting them entirely in an effort to not offend people because he wants to, you know, believe that everyone's good and it's all going to be okay. So he makes a song called Say Something, which, correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, but the crux of the song is he really wants to say something, you know, but it's hard. And sometimes the best thing to do is just not to say anything at all. And what does he do? he gets? Uh, Chris Stapleton, who's a, a, a big shot country star. Guys, um, I know black folks might not know that, but yeah, he, he makes <laughs> he makes country music. I think it's it's a, it's a bad look to have that feature on the song because there is a connotation, for better or worse, about the country community and how they feel about certain social issues, whether it be neutral or right leaning. And uh, that's the way that Timbo decided to play this. And that was disappointing to me. So I know I'm going off on a rant. I'm just really upset about this album because I was, I loved the 2020 experience. Part one, part two is garbage. And I was, I was just really waiting for this to be something good, man. Because Justin Timberlake was one of those artists who believes in taking your time and crafting an album based on artistic necessity, not monetary necessity. But I don't know, maybe he just wasn't satisfied with with the Trolls soundtrack or whatever, and he just wanted to get something else out there. Shame on Alicia Keys, by the way. I I love me some AK, but this girl got on a song called Morning Light, and just says the phrase Morning Light in a way that no one even, no one says Morning Light. Why would you even call a song that? But she says it in a sentence in a way that is so unbelievable. I'm like, girl, you have never said that in your life. You got on a song with this man and said this? Oh, I'm so disgusted. Dude, so if it, if it wasn't abundantly clear, this is an excremental album, okay? Hardcore excrement for Man of the Woods. Nobody text me about this. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore, all right? It's done. JT is canceled for the year, all right? Sorry, JT.
0: Except he's about to perform tomorrow.
1: Which I don't even want to watch. I'm not watching the Super Bowl. I don't even care. I usually, when I don't care about the game, I'll, I'll at least watch for the halftime show. I... Am in no way, shape, or form supporting this halftime show. Okay, <laughs> hecky naw it's a hard hecky naw from me, homie.
0: Oh hecky All nah. All right.
1: Uh, anyway, that concludes. <laughs> Excellent or excrement. Um, that's two. That's two poop emojis. Um, from from Jay and I. Um, I I, I apologize for your uh your eardrums. Anybody listening to that right now? This is your man P. Signing off for Brown Kids. Peace.